Welcome to the crux of investing in finance, everybody. My name is Jay, and thank you for joining me. I just want to thank each and every one of you for listening. It means a lot to me. If you haven't already, please follow our Instagram at Investonomics Education and our Facebook page at Investonomics. So please sit back, relax, and I hope you can learn something new. Before we dive in today, I just want to say that this is a primarily video-based show. So for to get the full experience, you should go to Investonomics YouTube channel, like and subscribe to the channel, and you can follow the video there for a nice visual representation of what I'm going to be talking about. Welcome back everybody to another week of options. And this week we're looking at option pricing and valuation which is a big part of option theory and learning about options in general. The pricing of options in general is more complicated than what we've done in terms of equities and valuing those as well as other assets related to them. This is mainly due to the derivative nature of options and the fact that they are composed of both what's called intrinsic and extrinsic value. So let's take a look at what these are exactly and give you a better insight to these exact terms. Intrinsic value is the difference between the spot price of the underlying asset, which is the current market price of the stock on which the option is based, and the option's strike price. And of course, this is reversed for when we're talking about a put option. This refers to a call option standard. And this is the real value, as it's called, of the option observed through simply the differences in prices. Now, when we take a look at extrinsic value, it's a little bit different, and it's primarily composed of theta, or time value. And we've talked about this before. It can be calculated as the difference between the option premium, which is the total amount that the option costs, or the option price, and the intrinsic value. So it accounts for any of the premium that's not accounted for by the intrinsic value portion. So here we have an equation that explains that. So we have extrinsic value is equal to the total option premium minus intrinsic value. And again, you can rewrite this to also show the option premium is the sum of extrinsic and intrinsic value. So let's look, take a look at some other factors affecting the price of options. Besides the intrinsic and, and extrinsic value, a few other factors affect option prices as well, but these are still based in the extrinsic value portion. So the risk-free rate, it changes in the risk-free rate, changes the motives of the option writer, which alters premiums. The second is dividends, which for the ex-dividend date reduces the stock price, which again changes the premium of the option or the price. The third, and which is a very large one here, is volatility, and this will be very important in a little bit. And this has a very large influence on prices, and this means that increases volatility, increases price, and vice versa. And finally, the price of the underlying, which might be fairly obvious, which is the largest and most significant impact on option prices. So now that we know what makes up the price of options, we can take a look at some models. So due to the complexity, again, of option prices, mainly due to changes in Greeks that make it very complex, various models exist that attempt to price options properly. There's some closed form models which rely on what's called risk neutral valuation, which assumes a risk free investment. And there's other methods as well that are numerical and require fairly sophisticated software programs 
and one of these that we'll look at is called Monte Carlo simulation. In order to simulate the randomness of market volatility, and again, this volatility plays a large role, and other methods also utilize things such as the risk-neutral distribution of the option price over a specific period of time to determine a fair price for the option. So the first is the closed form models, which is the Black-Scholes-Merton, or BSM, and Black model. So again, these are closed form models. The BSM and Black model eliminate all risk and hence develop risk neutrality in their respective models. And they do this by actively buying and selling the underlying, the underlying stock that is, to counteract changes in the options price. This is commonly referred to in the industry as delta hedging. Now we will do a separate video on this completely since it's a large topic and it's often utilized by hedge funds and investment banks in order to neutralize delta risk within portfolios in the same way that this model is doing it to price options. By using risk-free pricing, the BSM converges to the outcome price and finds a price for the option by the use of a complex series of partial differential equations or PDEs which my math people out there will know what they are. And this stipulates that there can only be one correct price at a single point in time given by all the relevant factors relating to the options price, which is those Greeks, once again, at a certain point in time. Using that idea and that risk can be hedged for all factors affecting the options price and the fact that it converges to a single price for the option, the BSM model can be used given all values that are required, and we'll see this in a little bit, to find the true option price. Now it's worth noting that the formula is complex and requires quite a few inputs, but we'll cover these in depth in a future video. But this is roughly what it looks like when we are pricing an option, and here is the formula that is used. So we can see the general equation, and then we have a couple of normal distributions for two separate equations as part of it, where ST is the current stock underlying price, T minus T is time to maturity, the large T is time at maturity, small t is now, K is the strike price of the option, R is the risk-free rate that we're using, sigma is the volatility, and the N in brackets with the D1 or D2 is the normal distribution of either that D1 equation or the D2 equation respectively. So although mathematically complex to derive and understand, given all the inputs in the options price is not overly complicated to determine. And this is very nice for the average Joe. Now another very commonly used and very famous way to value options is the binomial option pricing model or BOPM. The BOPM falls in the category of lattice option pricing frameworks and it's one of the most commonly used for pricing what's called American options. And these are ones that may be exercised before maturity. These are opposed to European options or Asian options that cannot be exercised early. So what it does is it utilizes discrete time instead of continuous time that's used in the closed form models. And by using these discrete timestamps, we form a lattice-like tree diagram that has a decision at every what's called a node, which is every timestamp or discrete time, along with their probabilities. 
It is slower to calculate the options price than with the BSM, but it can be easily done with various software programs or by hand if it's a smaller amount of nodes. It's more accurate, however, for pricing longer dated options or stocks that pay a dividend than the BSM, which is why a lot of people use it. So in order to form the tree, we need an up and down movement of an options price at every decision node. And these are calculated using formulas incorporating the implied volatility or sigma. And once set up, we move backwards to find the corresponding probabilities at each node on the tree. And then the probabilities are for the chance the price actually moves up or down at these points. At each node, the options price is calculated as the difference between the underlying spot price and the strike price. So essentially this is the intrinsic value that we're calculating. And if it's negative, this is a value of zero. And once all of these probabilities and prices are known at each node, the end result probabilities, so at the very end of the tree, and the prices are then weighted and weighted average is found to determine the fair option price overall. So here's an example of that. It's a little complicated because it doesn't use numbers, but it's a fairly simple concept. Like for BSM, there are complex formulas, but they are used to calculate the up, down, and the probability P. These formulas utilize U, D, and the volatility at each node in order to calculate each of these variables. So now let's take a look at some other methods. The remaining methods that we're going to take a look at are fairly complex and they're numerical, meaning we need some sophisticated software and because they're so complex we require this in order to properly find prices for options. The most prominent of these is, as we've mentioned before, Monte Carlo simulation. For those that are unfamiliar with exactly what this is, Monte Carlo simulation randomizes chosen variables that are input by the user and then creates thousands if not millions of different scenarios in order to determine or converge to a number for the chosen output. In this case that would be the option price given the inputs. So we need to provide input data to the simulation to randomize and to run scenarios. Monte Carlo is preferred by professionals in the field since it allows complex interactions between variables that can't be achieved with lattice or closed form models. And this is especially useful in terms of volatility, which often follows a random walk, which is a random sequence. Another is finite differences models. And these are numerical as well, but it integrates the idea of finite differences methodologies from differential calculus to estimate a PDE equation, which is oftentimes the same equation that's used in the BSM model, to value the option and to determine its price. These are very computationally intense and can't be done by hand. The above have been around for a while, but there are also various newer models that focus on the most prominent factor that affects option prices, which is, as we've mentioned, volatility. Using the fact that an increase in volatility also increases the prices of options, experts have created what's called a volatility surface that inverts the volatility and price relationship of the options to reveal the sensitivity of option prices to volatility across the range of strike prices. And this gives us a very nice diagram and a lot of data to work with. 
This information is then used to estimate various stochastic volatility models to accurately price options that are conditional on the volatility. And this makes it slightly more accurate if we have this information. Overall, option pricing is more rigorous than asset pricing, as well as business pricing as we've looked at, but there are many methods to do it. And many are limited in their assumptions, especially the BSM model with risk neutrality. Much like DCF valuation, option pricing can aid in determining whether an option is over or undervalued and taking advantage of such opportunities. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating on here. It means a lot to me. And make sure to write a little review, either what we can improve or what you liked. That helps us out a bunch. I'll see you guys next time.